Welcome to the Bet with Chet podcast. I am Kyle Fricetti alongside Alex Dalvecchio, Brian Campbell. It has been a long off season. It's been since February of this year, but we're finally here just a mere 24 hours from kicking off week one of the NFL season. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. It's an exciting time of year. It feels like I guess Christmas has come a little bit early this year, gentlemen. How we doing? We're doing good. Uh, I mean, it's been a long off season. Looking forward to kicking things off on the right note this week, this year. Uh, hoping to get some nice bets in this week and just ready for this football season to begin. For sure, Alex. How has your off season been? I guess you could say. Well, you know, as a Giants fan, and watch a bad team continue to be bad has been one way of handling it. Uh, it's been a good off season, though. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of dramatic movements. You know, you had really big trades that happened so long ago. You can forget how different the landscape is now than it was when the Bengals uh, just barely lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, you look at a team like Denver, and you know the. Chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams to the Raiders and so many big moves that on a big picture wise, um, as we hit week one here, can be forgotten about. But um, that's kind of what I take away from it. Like the NFL had so much activity this offseason with big time players that it, it really changes how you look at things. And I think that's the key. I mean, so much has transpired uh, this offseason. There's so much turnover in the NFL on a year to year basis in general that I just feel like week one is very, very challenging just because there's a a lot of information out there uh, from the offseason, but it's all projections of what we think these teams are going to be. And we really won't know until I would say we get to week five or six, and then we have enough information to to maybe make, you know, a solid uh, power rankings list, and we kind of know where each team is. But uh, up to this point, um, it's all all projections. So I guess, you know, we're going to – I, we can jump to conclusions either on week one. A lot of people tend to overreact after the week one games, but I think this is going to be, you know, uh, kind of a game by game analysis to see, you know, where each team is, but at the same time, not overreacting, you know, from an entire season standpoint, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it is. And, and always a reminder this is the hardest week of the year. Like, week one is always the hardest week. So we will do our best here. Now, you're all listening to this on Saturday. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Bill's Rams. But I think for the most part, we're going to blast through that pretty fast. Yeah. Um, We're going to change up the format a little bit. We're going to go uh, through it game by game. If this is your first time joining us this season, uh, what we typically did last year was we picked uh, five games against the spread. And then we also had a teaser section and we kept track to kept track of our teaser uh throughout the year as well but um we're going to change things up a little bit this year in terms of um you know how much each uh game is going to be worth in terms of our units we're going to have a best bet each week that's going to be worth two units and then we're just going to keep our you know track of our general record um you know from from a season standpoint so uh, that'll kind of help to see where we are from a from a you know big picture standpoint and see how we do at the end of the year. But my rule of thumb is if you're getting over, I would say over 54, 55%, that's pretty darn good if you're doing that ATS. So we'll see what happens this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a good, good season. A lot of turnover in the NFL. Um, do 
you guys want to talk about anything that jumps out to you on the board before we go game by game, or you just want to get started with the Thursday night game? The, uh, the only thing I would say is um, besides the, the spread, do we want to do any – this is our only shot at win-loss over under division future, things like that. Do we want to get into that, or you just want to kind of leave it and just focus on week one spreads here? We can if you guys have any major upgrades from the last time we spoke. Um, there, there were – there were some movements in terms of the over-unders with the uh, season win total. Uh, the Saints kind of jump out to me. They were at seven and a half, and now they're at nine. Uh, so I know a lot of sharp money did come on the Saints over initially at seven and a half. I'm not sure where it stands now. There might be some buyback on the under. But um, I know there. if we're talking about season win totals, what do you guys think about the Saints this year? With, with that big of a jump from seven and a half to nine, being with all the turmoil that might be going on with Tampa Bay right now and Carolina with a big transition with a head coach in the hot seat. Uh, do you guys think the Saints have a chance to make a move this year? Yeah, and you're I mean, in with this year. Uh, so you can go, Camby. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you can go. You, you started. Yeah, well, when you pick the Saints and, and nine wins, you're basically saying the division is giving them four right off the bat, if not figure five if they split the Tampa Bay game. But look, the Falcons – you know, they might be the worst team in the NFL this year, if not a bottom three team. The Panthers, while they aren't that bad personnel-wise, you're right. Like, Baker Mayfield, they're, they're kind of in flux. Like, Matt Rule could get fired in week eight just as easily as they could, you know, go five and 12. And the Bucks really, you know, they had a bad offseason. They, they lost a lot of guys. Godwin's hurt. Whole team's a year older. They've had injuries to the O-line already, which is a place they cannot have injuries. So, yeah, I mean, the Saints going from seven and a half to nine is, is logical. Um, but, again, nine is a push. So do you think the Saints on their own as a team losing Sean Payton can win ten, go ten and seven? You know, winning the bet and hitting the over, that would be kind of tough. But, you know, I think nine is the right number for them because the division is pretty bad. Like getting them on a playoff future is a great bet. I think these first two – I think oh, – sorry, Campbell. I'm just going to add this in really quick, and then I'll let you, make, let you make a point. These first two games of the Saints' season are key. I mean, you open up on the road at Atlanta, divisional game, and then you come back home the next week to play Tampa. So if they could start 2-0 and in the division, we know how uh, how much uh, headaches the Saints gave Tom Brady and the Bucks last year, sweeping them. Uh, and that was with mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, a quarterback. That was at Tampa. They won 9 nothing, I believe, in that second game. So uh, we know they have uh, Brady's number, so to speak. Brady's had a problem with them his entire career. Uh, so uh, it makes sense. You know, we're kind of late in the boat, so to speak, in terms of value. Uh, I wouldn't bet it at nine now, but I, maybe I'm looking at Tampa under. Because I, I, last time I checked, they're still at uh, 11 and a half. And I think that might be a little bit too, too uh, heavy of a number there for Tampa. Campbell? For me, um, I think I mentioned it on one of our offseason talks new orleans was going to be a dark horse for me to make kind of a nice little playoff run this year so uh i was giving them at least nine and eight from the start even with tampa being at full strength now tampa's having their issues uh losing a couple linemen during uh training camp uh tom brady taking his little hiatus to do whatever he's doing the mass thing <laughs> or whatever it is <laughs> so and like you guys have said, New Orleans has had Tampa's number even even so. And New Orleans is getting stronger. They're getting Jameis Winston back, getting Michael Thomas back. So they and they have a defense that rivals some of the top defenses in the league. So they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with this year. 
For sure. And I, I think uh, I kind of dabbled around with possibly taking a bet on the Saints when it was earlier at seven and a half or even eight. The one thing that kept me away from uh, making that bet was Jameis Winston. I mean, he tore his ACL late in the year last year. I can't remember if it was in November or October. I don't remember what month it was, but it, it was definitely later in the season. And, uh, you know, being in the rehab field, I, I know that, you know, players, especially professional athletes, they obviously recover a lot quicker than the, the average Joe. But, um, you know, for him to come back uh, from a torn ACL, I'm not sure if he had any, any uh, meniscus damage. I think he might, might have tore his, M- tore his MCL too. But for him to come back, uh, you know, I, I, maybe a slower start for James Jameson Winston, James Winston because of the ACL tear late in the year. Um, he looks good. I mean, he, he had a good training camp, but there's a difference between, you know, training camp speed and game speed. So uh, I know he didn't get a lot of uh, look in the preseason as well. So that's what kind of, you know, has, uh, makes me kind of hesitant with the Saints uh, making that season uh, season bet. But uh, I, I see them as a team that maybe gets stronger as the year goes on, especially, you know, at the quarterback position. But um, other than that, you got to love the defense. They were a top 10 defense last year. Um, they were top of the line with turnover, uh, turnover differential as well. And they're, you could say they're in a weak division now. So I guess we'll kind of see if they're going to be that dark horse team that Campbell predicted last time we spoke. Um, any other teams like that? Any AFC teams jump out to you in terms of a uh, dark horse? For me, I mean, they're considered really dark horse much. I mean, Baltimore Ravens are going to be my last place, the first place team this year. It could happen. I mean, the deadline for uh, Lamar Jackson's new contracts on Friday. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, they're up against the wall with that. So they probably won't get that done. But um, that might work to his advantage. Maybe he plays a little bit looser. Although I don't know, he'd probably feel better getting that contract done uh, in terms of the security with the guaranteed money. But uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get done in time. Uh, but yeah, Baltimore. You know. They were bottom five in turnovers last year. Still almost made the playoffs. They had all those injuries uh, throughout the year, uh, especially Lamar Jackson towards the end of the year. So um, I could definitely – they're kind of the the um, you know flavor of the month in terms of the team that's going to make that that jump, especially with Pittsburgh taking a step back maybe, unless they start Kenny Pickett in a few weeks. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but um, – I'm. I don't know. I can't call them a dark horse, but I, I really do like the Chargers this year. I, I think, that, you know, their Achilles heel last year was kind of their run defense and their defense in general. Uh, they could put up points. We know that. We know that Justin Herbert's going to continue to improve, but that defense was their Achilles heel. They could not stop the run. I, I, I go back to that uh, New England game they had, where they just could not stop them the entire game, and that's what cost them the game eventually when they turned the ball over. So I, I think if the Chargers could play solid defense, we know what they did at the pass rush, um, uh, you know, with obviously Joey Bosa and they signed um, – what's the other big-time pass rusher they signed in the offseason? Uh, his name is escaping me. But they definitely upgraded in the pass rush department, and they have some really star players in the secondary as well. So I think the Chargers are kind of a dark horse team, not only to, to win they, that division. They have uh, Von Miller now. Von Miller, Right. Uh, no, Von Miller went to uh, Buffalo. There, it was uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With somebody else, uh, Joey Bosa, and uh, his name's escaping me, but he was another. Randy Gregory. No, he went to Denver. Uh, 
<laughs> the other pass rusher. Uh, not Chandler Jones, right? Chargers defense. I'm just looking them up to see who they, they signed. But uh, anyway, I, I think the Chargers have a chance to win the AFC West. I really do. I think I have a I have a counter to that. Okay, what's here? I don't get the Charger love. I mean, this is where I left off last year. Khalil Mack. I, I was right. Khalil if Mack. you remember if you remember me last year, I made a lot of money betting against the Chargers. The Raiders beat the Chargers in week eighteen last year when the Chargers had to have it. Of those two teams who got more improved? I would say the Raiders got way better than they were in week 18 last year when the season ended. The Raiders mm. also, you know, they should have beaten the Bengals in that game. Remember, there was a sack force fumble that put the Raiders down 10 nothing, and the Raiders outplayed them the, the other 57 minutes of that game. Remember? Like, the Raiders really pushed them hard. Um, and you had Devontae Adams to that, which adds a bit of a dimension to it. You know, the Raiders were really young last year. They had a crazy year. Like, they lost their best receiver in week seven and their coach in week 10. They persevered through it. They've had stability now. Of that division, I like the Raiders a little bit more than the Chargers. Um, I also think Herbert's just a little overrated. He's never won anything. Never won anything. Never even been in a playoff game. So, I, I, I don't like the Chargers the way a lot of people do. But, you know, I like, I'm in the minority I like Herbert. I like Herbert. I do like the Chargers. I still think people are overrating them, though. I mean, you've been seeing them as high as, like, a top five team being rated in the league, and I just don't see that. And a lot of it has to do with their coach. Like, watching that team play last year, there were so many times that the coach grasped defeat out of the arms of victory. Like, he doesn't know how to punt. He's, he's very aggressive. Going, going for a fourth down in yep. his own zone so many times when it just turns the whole tide of the game. Like, when, once the coach shows me he can actually make some good coaching decisions, then I'll put some full faith into the Chargers. But until then, I'm still going to be kind of skeptical on them. I, I have another one for you, Camby. The okay. Raiders also, and you get to like the Raiders are kind of my pick just because I feel like nobody really respects what they did last year, which was have a remarkably special season. They had the 30, they were dead last in the NFL in red zone defense last year, and they added Patrick Graham from the Giants. And the Giants only did one thing well last year, and that was red zone defense. He's great at that. You know, he'll drop nine guys into coverage in the end zone. I really like what the Raiders did this offseason to take that next step. And last year, they were a year early. This is the year they're supposed to be good. So, I think there's good value on the Raiders, and everyone's putting it on the Chargers right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to kind of figure out, did the Raiders overachieve last year, or were they a good team that really persevered through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, you could say, with with the Henry Rugg situation, obviously John Gruden getting fired midseason, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, some of the wins they had, the clo- they played a lot of close games last year. Uh, the one thing that the one thing that concerns me about the Raiders is their offensive line. They definitely downgraded on the offensive line compared to last year. Uh, and then when you look at a team like the Chargers and the other top teams in the AFC, and with their ability to to rush the passer. That might be where it concerns me a little bit. I mean, Devontae Adams, obviously, you know, possibly you could argue the best receiver in the game today. Uh, but it won't really matter that much if if uh, Derek Carr doesn't have time to get on the ball. So that's a, one thing that concerns me about the Raiders. 
it was very impressive that Raiders, you know, they were negative in turnover differential and they made the playoffs with all the, yeah. all the issues they had on and off the field. But did they overachieve and do they come back down to earth? Because we need to remember, they do have Josh McDaniels as head coach now. Didn't have a uh, positive stint with the Denver Broncos back in the day. Uh, so will that have an effect in the locker room? Will that have an effect on them from a week-to-week motivational standpoint? There's a lot of, uh, you know, ifs, ands, and buts about about the Raiders right now because they did overachieve last year. So is there some regression to the mean with them, or do they take the next step? I guess it uh, remains to be seen. I, 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 think it's, I think it's more the latter, only because, you know, like I said, they, they really should have beaten – they outplayed the Bengals more than the Titans or the, um, or the Bills did last year in those – or the Chiefs did, I'm sorry, in, that, in those games last year. Like, of the three playoff games, that was the game the Bengals should have lost the most. I mean, the Raiders really whooped them. And they added – they probably added the biggest playmaking difference maker that got moved outside of maybe Russell Wilson – in the off season. Mm. And I just, and that opens up a lot. And McDaniels loves his tight ends and they got a gem of one. I just, you know, I think they're better than people think. And I don't think they really got credit for how incredible a season they had last year. And Derek Curry is pretty good. Like to me, Herbert and Curry are the same. And I know a lot of people think Herbert's better, but I don't know why. In but fairness, I, I yeah. in, in fairness, the chargers did beat the uh, AFC champion Bengals last year. They did beat him in Cincinnati. Not just throwing that out there. Yeah, That's no. The universe. It's valid, but I think the Bengals were a little different in January than they were when the Chargers probably won that game. But that's, that's fair. true. That's true. The Chargers did have a lot of uh, – they did create a lot of turnovers in that game, so it probably would have been a different story. So, well, so, so while we're hanging here, and I hate to spend too much time on it, but the, the AFC West had the most stuff happen. So that I guess to real quick, the other two teams, the Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill. The Broncos add Russell Wilson. Does that, like, unlock everything the Broncos have been trying to do? Because always had a good roster outside of quarterback for a few years. Like, what do you think? Do you think the Broncos are a force this year, or you think they're just kind of in the wrong division at the wrong time? I think, I think, yeah. Go ahead, Campbell. I think, that, I think the Broncos are the team that is most overrated in that division. I'm with I you. Think, yeah, I'm with you. I think people – give too much credit to their skill positions. I don't think the combination of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton is as dynamic of a wide receiver set as a lot of people are giving credit for. Javante Williams, I do like. He's a good young back. But I think I don't think they have the skills to complement um, Russell Wilson to be able to kind of make a stab at that division. I agree. And how good is Russell Wilson at this point in his career? I mean, we're, we're kind of anointing him still a top-five quarterback. I don't know if he is anymore. It's hard to say because he was on such a bad team last year and really for the past few years in Seattle. But um, like, how good is Russell Wilson? I mean, I, I don't think they deserve to be anointed as a playoff team. I certainly don't think they deserve to be almost a seven-point favorite on Monday Night Football in week one, even as against a bad of a team as Seattle. Yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm on with you, Campbell. I think they're a little overvalued. Yeah, also I, than, I think uh, the other teams. I think it's more long division, long time. I think if you put the Broncos in the AFC South or the NFC South, then then you would almost like that roster. Or the but, NFC like, East. Or the NFC East, sure. You know, <laughs> uh, but but you're not 
in the AFC West, like to to dethrone the Chiefs, even with the losses they had, I think still going to take a Herculean effort. And you know, I just don't think the Broncos are quite there. And it's it really is a um, like you made the point that I I think the Broncos are so interesting though because like you talk about well Judy and Sutton they're not as dynamic as you think but like dude they had me throwing them the ball you know like you can't flash without a guy who can throw you the ball at all and I just think I'm curious how that offense looks at least with the guy who knows what he's doing you know like Drew Locke was so clueless out there so terrible terrible yeah. But uh, yeah, be interesting. I, I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. I, I think uh, losing Tyreek Hill is obviously not something you want to happen during the the off season. But I, I think uh, Andy Reid and and Pat Mahomes and company they believe in that system, and I think they're gonna obviously Juju Smith Schuster is not to the level of Tyreek Hill, but I think they'll find a role for those other guys and they'll step up and they got Sky more, but. Andy Reid knows he's smart. He knows is it easier like when the window comes up and you have three superstars to pay the quarterback, the tight end, the receiver of the three who's the easiest to replace the receiver. You know, True. like that's just how it is. Like you're not gonna, you can't duplicate Travis Kelsey, and you certainly can't duplicate Mahomes. So that's the point they're at. I haven't heard much about Sky Moore. Because he was supposed to be the heir apparent, so I don't know if that means he's having a bad camp or what's going on. But McCole Hardman has had a pretty good camp. I think they're looking at him to step up, and uh, yeah. obviously Juju Smith Schuster um, and a couple other guys. But I, they'll they'll find they'll find a way to still you know be in contention, obviously for that division and definitely another AFC title championship it's appearance. By far, it's by far the best, like the most fun division to watch is the AFC West. All those games are going to be great. Oh yeah. Did you guys so want to talk about? It? Do you guys want to talk about any other divisions before we get to the Thursday game? The only um, one that I guess would be of a little bit of interest is just we already did NFC South, AFC West. I guess the only one that's a little bit of interest just because of the the buzz going right now. You're hearing a lot of good things about the Jets out of camp right now, and that like the offense is actually doing better with Flacco at the helm. And that they hit on a lot of their draft picks and Johnson looks good. I'm telling you. But that, you know, that like Johnson's flashing big time and Sauce looks good. Like you're hearing a lot of positive things about the Jets. And it's a market, if you're paying attention to the Giants training camp, they're not shy about telling you if a team looks like crap in August. Um, so I do wonder about the AFC East a little bit. Just with, like, can the Patriots take the next step? I don't really, like I, I have I, no opinion on Mac Jones at all. Like I have no clue. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. I, I do too. Yeah, I think he is the second year quarterback who did so well last year. He overachieved last year. Yeah. yeah. If you look at New England's schedule, they were kind of like a fraudulent playoff team. You saw what happened when they played, you know, a real team like Buffalo. Um, that was a good revenge factor for the Bills, though. But yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a typical sophomore slump from Mac Jones. And I know when we look back on this pod. You know, uh, when the Patriots are playing in January, we're going to, you know, laugh at me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but just kind of based on what we saw in the preseason, how, you know, uh, when the Patriots are going up against the Raiders, you know, second stringers, and he's still throwing picks in the middle of the field to a middle linebacker. That's going to be a little concerning. And with the lack of players they have at the skill position, and they lost some players on defense too. Yeah, I, I don't know what Belichick is doing. I really don't understand back in the day you'd be like oh i see what they're trying to do they can plug and play this guy and they're going to be fine but i i don't know it's a different ball game when you don't have number 12 a quarterback so it's definitely buffalo's division to win uh 
the Jets, I, I don't see it. I, I think uh, they're they're probably a year or two away. They have a lot of young talent. They had a pretty good draft, but um, the, I, I don't see it. The Jets, I mean, I have optimism about. I mean, as as a Jets fan, it's good to see the youth they brought in. I don't think they have the team to compete this year, but the future I think is looking brighter. Well, when uh, you say when you say it though. Like, they're over under number is six, right? Can they win seven games and hit the over? I think they I can. I don't think so. No. Really? You don't think seven and ten is possible if the Pats take a step back? I don't. No. What if Miami's good? What, what do you guys think about Miami? <sighs> so, I don't like Miami my, at all. I don't either. Like, I think Miami's – I think the Tyree Kill move is a little overrated. I don't like to. Uh, I think, I think Miami's going to look more like the zero and eight start than they were the eight and zero finish. Ooh, wow! Okay, Woo! <laughs> we got to get a sound bite for that clip right there. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. What I, I, I the one thing I like about Miami right now is kind of the swagger with their head coach. I kind of like the vibe that I'm getting from them, uh, but I'm not going to make a bet on them this week, but I can, it's kind of like a wait-and-see approach, but I kind of like what I'm feeling from the Dolphins right now. If they go out and blow out New England week one, then obviously you're going to get a lot of people on the bandwagon right away, but I, I like what they have at running back, Chase Edmonds. I like what they did at wide receiver. Their, their offensive line made some upgrades too. They had a pretty good defense last year. Um, and obviously, Tua was banged up. Um, you had a carousel of quarterback last year, uh, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shut the Dolphins out just yet. But they got to prove it to me. They have to have a few signature wins that they didn't have last year. They beat up on a lot of bad teams last year, and they didn't really step up against good competition. So they got to have a few signature wins. But we'll see. I mean, that's that's one of the games this week where like I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won, and I also wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots won that game this week. Yeah. Divisional games are weird week one. Typically, the dogs tend to do a little bit better, but um, yeah, we'll see. That's that's going to be a tough game, one that's definitely not going to be on my card. But the, the um, one thing that interested me this week, just in general, was like just how many you got ten home dogs this year. This like the home field. The home field is not making much of a difference this week in Vegas's eyes. I think home field in general is definitely taken a uh, decrease in value over the past five years. I would say you could argue that uh, maybe one or two teams get a full three points for home field at this point. Maybe you get one and a half, maybe two. Um, I mean, look at the chargers, for example, playing the Vegas Raiders. Uh, They're three, three and a half point favorites. I don't think you give maybe half a point, maybe a point to the chargers for home field. I mean, let's let's be real. That's gonna that's gonna be a Raiders home game, exactly. even though it's it's at the Chargers. That's gonna be ninety percent Raiders fans, right? So I look at that line and I say, okay, Vegas thinks that the Chargers are about two two and a half points better than the Raiders, <laughs> right? Because if the Chargers had a good home field, that line may might be at four and a half, five, but it's only at three three and a half. So uh, that's why I kind of like the Chargers this week. But we'll go by it uh, game by game. Do you guys want to get to the Thursday night game or any other thoughts? Thursday, we should just do it quick because, you know, anyone who's listening, the, the game's old news now. But I like the Rams. All I would say is that if you go historically, 
the Super Bowl champion home team does very well in these games. I know that the Bills on paper, people think they're better. The Bills are still a second-round exit last year, and the Rams are the Super Bowl champs returning most of the guys. So I would go with the Rams in this game um, over Buffalo. And offenses tend to be a little bit slow out of the gate anyway, and if that kind of game breaks out, I definitely like the Rams more. So I, I like the Rams in the game. Um, what do you guys think? Cam, uh, Cam, will go ahead. I uh, DraftKings is running the promo that where basically, if as long as a team is up seven points, you get the win, no matter the outcome of the game. So I don't. The Rams being a home underdog in this game, I don't think is right. So I put my money on the Rams for that. For that. But Buffalo, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see Buffalo come out the gates. I do think Buffalo has the strongest team going into this season. But you can't discount Sean McVay. You can't discount that Rams defense. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald is a difference maker. Always has been. So it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm with. I'm with you on the Rams. Uh, who are the Buffalo Bills to be a two and a half point road favorite against the Super Bowl champs? Uh, I completely night? agree. Like, are, are you kidding me? Agree. I, I yeah, think I it, yeah. if you're looking at effort from a team, I mean, yeah. tell me which team is going to come out more pissed off. The Rams yeah. as home underdogs as defending champs or the Bills who have been anointed already as a Super Bowl favorites? Um, and the, yeah. And, and again, like there is. There's a little bit of pressure on the – I remember the Giants used to be this team, and the Giants always did pretty well in it. You know, there's such an excitement and a level of pressure a little bit to sort of validate your Super Bowl win in this game. And I think if you look, the the not Super Bowl champ has only won like twice in the last 13 years of this game. Like the Super Bowl champ wins most of the time. And I was just stunned the Bills were favored. That floored me. Like I thought Rams minus three all the way. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And it opened as the Rams minus one. So it's all public money going on the Bills, too. So everything leans L.A. for me. But, again, you're all listening to this on Saturday probably laughing at us for how the game goes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I think the Rams are a great teaser leg this week as well, getting them over a touchdown. I think that's a solid play as well. Uh, I, if you look at Buffalo last year, they, they went um, – I believe they were 11-6. and six. Right, and they beat three teams with winning records the entire year. Uh, so I don't think they deserve to be, you know, favorites in this game in this spot. Now, if you ask me who's going to have the better record at the end of the year, it's probably going to be the Bills. Could it be the Rams? Sure, but uh, I think uh, the Bills are probably going to have a better record at the end of the year. But on this night, on this non-conference game for teams, so if you're looking at a, a game that the Bills can afford to lose. It's an out-of-conference game on the road, uh, Thursday night football. Uh, it's going to be this game. So I just think that you're going to get a better effort from the Rams. I know Van Jefferson is going to be out for this game, and he is a nice deep threat from them, but it kind of offsets with the Rams bringing in Allen Robinson, who I think has been the victim of horrible quarterback play in, in Chicago for the past two years. So I think Allen Robinson is probably – Along the same lines, maybe a little bit better than Van Jefferson if you're looking at consistency and dependability. So uh, I think the Stafford elbow situation has been overblown. I think the Rams are they pretty much brought everybody back, but with the exception of you know Von Miller, who you could argue how big of an, how big of an impact he has at this point in his career, and then Andrew Whitworth retiring, but they had a replacement in line with him. 
So I think the Rams, you know, they win this game outright. But if you want to, you know, sprinkle a little bit in the money line and do a teaser, I would I would be okay with that as well. And to me, you, to me, you look at it like both offenses you could trust to put up points. Neither team really has a good running game, so it's going to be airing the ball out all game. Whose defense do I count on to make a play at the end of the day? Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. That's true. That's who it's going to be. And Traverius Ward is going to be out for this game. He's probably going to be out for the first, I believe, six games of the year, four, six games, something like that. And he's the best player in their secondary, so that's that's a big loss. I know he didn't play, you know, last year, but not getting him back has got to be a blow, especially in this in this spot. But um, yeah, I'm going to make the Rams one of my uh, one of my bets too. It's going to be one of my five plays. So I have the Rams and plus. Don't forget, the Bills also lost their a lot of their brain drain. Got you know they they lost a lot of coaches to the Giants last year. Not saying it's going to help the Giants. It's not, but they lost their line coach, their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. It's his first game calling plays against the Rams defense. True, a, a lot, lot of, of reasons. Yep. Yeah, so a lot of turnover there. Yeah, I, I I like the Rams a lot. Do you guys have the Rams as one of your uh, bets for this week? I have the Rams. I thought as one of mine, I thought so. I, I didn't I did not. because I thought because I, with the, with this being posted Saturday, I just didn't uh, okay. do it. No problem. But that's the only reason. So you're right. taking Rams two and a half? Rams plus two and a half. Unless you're nice to give me three, but there's not a three out there. I don't think it gets to not three. Not a single three out there. Chuck. Yeah, there. I see a couple <laughs> two. I see a couple twos, but I don't. I don't know if this gets to three. I I highly doubt. I don't it. think Plus, it gets. I don't think it gets to three. If you do, if you do see three, you're going to get a lot of buyback right away in the Rams plus three. No doubt, you're going to get a lot of mo- sharp money on the Rams. It'll probably come right back down. But <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think teaser wise. Um, I think it's a good option with the Rams, too. All right, so we're going to – There it is. The first play of the 2022 season, Chetty's taking the Rams. There we go. It's official. Los Angeles Rams. Uh, We're going to go down the board. Uh, This is going to be a different format compared to the rest of the season. Starting uh, for week two, we're just going to go through our five games that we want to choose for our record bets. But uh, since week one is a special one, you know, we obviously haven't had this pod for a number of months picking games. So we got to go through everyone. We don't have any games to recap this week. That's that's true. We got more time for sure. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go to uh, uh, MedLife Stadium for uh, Campbell's uh, home team, the Jets, uh, playing against the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson coming back from uh, his nagging injuries last year. Ravens get a lot of players back at the running back position. I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to be playing this game, but they get a lot of players back on defense as well. Um, Baltimore, pretty much consensus, is uh, laying seven here. I'm not sure if it gets a seven and a half. If anything, it might go down to six and a half uh, with a total of 44 and a half. So I'm just going to ask you guys, do any of you guys have a side in this game as one of your bets? If not, then we'll just go um, person by person with their overall discussion on the game. I do have a side no. in this one. Okay. I do not. All right. Ken, what's the floor? I I mean, you guys know know how I feel about the Ravens this year. I think the Ravens are going to be one of the teams competing for the AFC this year. Um, I really like Lamar's bounce back season this year. Uh I don't think the Hollywood Brown loss is going to be too affecting of him. And I just don't trust Joe Flacco with the Jets. I think uh, he's a liability. Um, I think Baltimore 
like seven points is a tough let, but at least with seven, I feel like you can at least get a push out of it. Six and a half, I would take that all day long, but I will take Baltimore Ravens minus seven with my first play. I think that's a good uh, point you bring up, Campbell. If we push on a game, is that going to be worth half a point? Are we going to do a point system, or is it just not going to count? I think it doesn't count. Just just, goes through our record. Okay, so just go through our record. Okay. Okay. All right, so we got Campbell's first official uh, bet, Baltimore minus seven. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on this game? I like Baltimore big picture wise, but if I was to lean in this game, it's not one of my five, but everything out of the beat writer side is that the Jets are looking really better than you think in camp. It is home, maybe the first quarter, Jets do something fun. They get to a hot start, and the Baltimore beats in fourth quarter. I, I, I was leaning the Jets on this one because a full touchdown. And, you know, the Ravens are still missing Dobbins and, um, you know, apparently the Jets' offense is working better with Flacco than it was with Wilson. And as a Giant fan, I understand how the backup would be better than the starter. Um, so I would probably go Jets just because you're getting a full touchdown at home in an opener against a team that did finish in last place last year with the Ravens. You know, the Ravens did finish in last last year. So I, I'd probably lean to the Jets. But, again, not one of my five, so I don't have the conviction to fire on it. Yeah, same here. Uh, no, no bet for me in this game. Uh, I wouldn't bet this game if I had to. Uh, I lean to the Jets maybe if it gets to the hook. Uh, but at seven right here, uh, I don't want to lay that with the Ravens. Uh, the Jets were kind of sneaky, good home dogs last year. They had some big upset wins over the Titans and the Bengals. So uh, that kind of leans me away from the Ravens a little bit. Uh, and then we know that the Ravens are a better team than the Jets, so it's a, it's an easy pass for me. Um, but if it gets a seven and a half, maybe I would look to the Jets, but that's just a lean. Uh, I, don't think, I, don't, yeah. I don't even think the Jets have the right backup quarterback playing if they want to play to win. Mike White. You gotta go, Mike White. <laughs> Mike 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 F and White. Mike all the reports out of out of camp and in those games is that Flacco looks really good and really fitting in nicely with those players. So. He's elite. You know how he is. So yeah, I, yeah. I guess the question is, who's going to come out more motivated against his former team, Joe Flacco against Baltimore or Baker Mayfield against the Browns? I would think Baker Mayfield, yeah. I think the Flacco one was a bit more amicable. I guess so, yeah. All right, well, uh, let's go to uh, probably what's going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. But you never know. Uh, crazier things have happened. We're going to have the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's pretty much been a consensus. I know the line opened up uh, at the Saints as a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, and now it's pretty much five-and-a-half across the board. Uh, Atlanta, tough team to figure out. Obviously, you could – obviously see that they downgraded at the quarterback position from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. And uh, we talked about the saints a little bit earlier. So uh, I don't have a a bet on this game. Uh, No real lean at all. Uh, I do not have any thoughts on this game. I would never bet it. (laughs) I have no idea what's going to happen. Always good. Always good to say on a podcast. I have no thoughts on this whatsoever. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to (laughs) say, I don't know. You know, you don't have the answers to everything. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I would never touch this game uh, with a 10-foot pole. So I'm going to take it to one of you guys. Do you guys have a play in this game? I do not. Campbell? I do. 
Okay, Ooh, we're gonna go back to Camel. Here so we go. Far. Oh, Saints are my dark horse NFC team this year. Jeez, James Winston looked very sharp when he was playing last year. I think he's going to return to form again this year. Uh, that defense is going to shut down Atlanta. I mean, Mariota is going to be running for his life against that defense. Uh, I, I don't even think this one's going to be close. I think this is going to be probably about a two to three touchdown game. So. Jeez. To get it under a touchdown, I'll take the five and a half all day. Okay. It's kind of like that weird dead number spot where you want to lay it because it's not, you know, over a touchdown, but it's greater than a field goal. So I could definitely see the Saints winning this game by a touchdown, but just to, to me to me, Atlanta was the most overachieving eight win team in the history of the NFL last year. They did win I, eight I, games, I true. I don't think Cordero Patterson's gonna sneak up on anyone this year. Like he he was he was a hidden gem for them last year. And, I mean, they still don't have skill positions on the outside and no quarterback to throw to them. I am very comfortable with this Saints defense against Atlanta's offense to carry it, me to a five-and-a-half point. Atlanta's a very, Atlanta's a very young team. Um, we don't know if they're going to have their rookie quarterback in there at some point, Desmond, uh, Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Ritter. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if he sees the field uh, with Marietta's injury history. And, uh, you know, they did draft Drake London uh, from LSU. He was uh, – uh, sorry, USC. He was USC, a highly yeah. highly touted uh, wide receiver, top 10 pick. So maybe he shows some, you know, some uh, potential at some point in the season. But, yeah, this is a way too young team. Too much to ask for, uh, you know, early in the season like this. So easy pass for me. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on this game before we move on to the next one? I feel like it's a game I would like a lot more in week eight or nine than week one, just because, again, week one's a funky week, and it is a division game, and, you know, maybe Atlanta comes out, maybe the Saints offense isn't quite where it needs to be. Sounds like Michael Thomas coin flips to play, maybe, so, you know, maybe that hurts him a little bit. And, again, it's just – it's a division game. It's It's laying five and a half on the road in week one. When you just don't – I mean, we think we know, but you don't really know yet. I mean, it was just too big of a spread for me to pull the trigger on. Yep, same here. Uh, looks like Alvin Kamara is not going to be suspended either, so he's going to be a full go. Uh, so we will see how that divisional matchup turns out. We're going to go to uh, New England at Miami. We briefly touched on this game earlier. Uh, hard to know where these teams are going to be uh, as the season comes to an end. But uh, I don't have a play on this game. Uh, I lean Miami, but uh, I just can't take New England with how bad they looked in the preseason. I like what Miami has potential-wise, but I, I need to see it from them first. I can't put a bet on them when I really don't know what Tua is. I don't know what this head coach is. Uh, I don't know how Tyreek Hill is going to be in this offensive system. So it's an easy pass for me. I lean Miami, uh, but now it's a three and a half, so it's an easy pass. Uh, do easy, any of you guys have a play in this game? I do not. I do not either. I stayed away completely from this game. Uh, if I had, I mean, going into training camp, I thought this line was wrong. I thought um, New England should have been the one on the favorite side. Um, since then, I could see I could see the opposite. But getting that three and a half hook, my my lean would still be towards New England. Yeah. I think the one thing that also concerns me about this, and then Alex, if you want to make a point, you can. Uh, New England is kind of the team that everybody's down on and everybody's 
you know, kind of propping up Miami like they're going to be some amazing team. So that's kind of enough to keep me away because sometimes I just don't like to go with the public perception of teams. So that's why it's, it's an easy pass. I could definitely see New England win this game outright. We know that New England's had some issues in Miami, but that's usually later in the year. Uh, so to kind of catch them early on in week one, maybe that's that's an advantage to them. Uh, Alex? I would go – I would lean New England in the game. Just, New England was a playoff team last year. A lot of people hand wave stuff like that away. I don't – they had a rookie quarterback, still made the playoffs. Um, you know, Miami, what's your mileage with Tua? What do you think about him? What do you think about um, – you know, the running game doesn't really mean much to me. To his passing game doesn't mean much. And in terms of preseason, you know, the Giants played the Pats and Belichick didn't even play his second stringer. Like he plays third stringers and down in preseason games. So hard to take anything from it. Um, so easy one to stay away from just because you don't know how New England's going to look like. But my lean would probably be New England just for the coach X factor and the, um, you know, they're, they're last year they just had a better roster than Miami, but significantly. So. Yep. Yeah, I don't see that changing too dramatically. So I would lean New England, but again, not enough conviction to play. There's a few games I really like that are coming up here. So I promise my plays are coming. Okay, yeah. Well, let's head to the next one. Uh, Cleveland Browns and Carolina Panthers. Interesting game. Uh, obviously, with all the turmoil that's gone on with Deshaun Watson this offseason, uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to get the start. Cle- Cleveland still is a good defense. Uh Typical revenge game for Baker Mayfield going up against his old team. Carolina is kind of a tough team to figure out. Uh, they had a lot of injuries last year as well. Uh, good defense. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy and back. DJ Moore is kind of an under, underrated wide receiver. But um, I can't bet on Baker Mayfield. He turns the ball over too much, and you, there's just too much variance there with him. So you really don't know what you're going to get. On a week-to-week basis, I don't have a bet in this game, but I lean Cleveland just based on how shady the line is. And I think that Cleveland defense is going to give Carolina some fits uh, on the offensive line. I think it might force Baker into a few turnovers that might decide the game. So I think Cleveland probably wins this game by a field goal, but I'm not going to have a bet. I think Cleveland is a good teaser leg, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Guys, what do you think? I I do have a play on this game. I don't know if you do, Camby. I do not. Here we go. I have a Cleveland in this game, like this game a lot for Cleveland. The Panthers are exceptionally wow. weak where you don't want to be weak. They're weak on the offensive line, and that's a place you don't want to be weak against the Browns because their defensive line is loaded. Um, I, I think things you're hearing out of Cleveland anyway is uh, – and you, you're hearing defensive players chirp a little bit. They, they're they beyond not afraid of Baker Mayfield. They probably know what to do to rattle Baker Mayfield. They know what he doesn't like to do. That coaching staff knows him in and out. They know his strengths. More importantly, they know his weaknesses. They're going to put him in a disadvantageous position nonstop. And, um, again, the, the Browns, you know, Brissett is not a zero-type quarterback. He's got a pulse back there. But, you know, they've got Chubb. They've got Hunt. Um, I know receiver-wise, they made the play for Cooper. Might not really be too much of a game-breaking guy. But the defensive man, the best unit on the field of all four is the Browns defense. And I love them to get sacks on Baker. And like you said, turn them over and you're getting points here in this game. I think Panthers are a prime team to be one of the worst in football this year. You're hearing a Quan who stinks already. That that draft pick was kind of a miss for them. I like Cleveland in this game a lot. So I have Cleveland. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. At- 
If you're looking at futures for a head coach firing, the first coach to be fired in season, I think Matt Rule is plus 250. He's leading the pack, so I think he's the prime <laughs> candidate for sure. Campbell. I don't, I don't have a lean one way or the other in this game. Just as a fan, I mean, just knowing the attitude and cockiness you're going to get out of Baker if he puts a beating on Cleveland is worth See yeah, that's like just rooting for it. I like that, so I, I root for Carolina <laughs> just to see the reaction Baker gives after that win. Oh, jeez, he loves the trash talk and he loves it. He loves it. All right, so not much in this game, but Alex gets his first uh, bet uh, with Cleveland sure. plus one and a half. And now we're going to go to an interesting game: uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, another uh, divisional matchup. Obviously, the Bengals coming off a very successful season. You could say some would say they overachieved last year. Uh, but remarkable nonetheless with that playoff run. And then Pittsburgh, obviously Big Ben retires. Uh, in comes uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> and then you have uh, the encouraging rookie as his backup, Kenny Pickett. But uh, Pittsburgh still with a good defense. Cincinnati, uh, they played solid defense in the playoffs. Hard to say if that carries over into this year. Uh, they also made some good upgrades on the offensive line. Cincinnati did. Uh, I don't have a bet in this game, but I'm a little concerned about Cincinnati. Uh, specifically Joe Burrow and his lack of playing time during training camp and in preseason with the uh, ruptured appendix that he had. Uh, so maybe you see a little bit of a slow start from Joe Burrow. So I lean Pittsburgh. Uh, I wouldn't take it at plus six and a half. If it gets a seven, then I might make a small bet on Pittsburgh, but uh, it's not going to be a play for me, but lean Pittsburgh. I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't have a play leaning Pittsburgh on this one too. I like, I like the move Pittsburgh did going with deciding to go with Trubisky. I think Trubisky definitely a viable starter. Um, I think he can. I think he can keep Mike Tomlin's uh, five hundred better streak alive this year. Like I don't think I'm as down on Pittsburgh as a lot of people are. I think they're going to be fighting for that five hundred winning record, maybe even fighting for that seventh playoff spot come the end of the year. Yeah. I think it's possible. I mean, uh, if you look at the head coaching advantage in this game, you have to give it to Tomlin. I think he's. I think you know Zach Taylor showed some good things last year, obviously, but you still have to give it to Tomlin based on his sample size. But uh, yeah, I agree. This Pittsburgh defense. I think the one thing that concerns me is Pittsburgh's offensive line. But does Cincinnati have the defensive line to really expose Pittsburgh's offensive line weakness? I would argue no. But. Um, I think it's just way too many points. I could see Pittsburgh winning this game outright, honestly. Alex, I'm uh, I'm I'm on the other side of this. I by a lot. Uh, not not that I'm betting it, so I'm not. So I don't feel it that much. But Cincinnati, you know, that defense was born in the postseason last year, and they gave the Chiefs all they could handle. They stopped the Rams at points. You know, really, they should have been Super Bowl champions if it wasn't for that bullshit call in the end zone. You know, they beat the champs right now. Joe Burrow is unbelievable. He's only getting better. They have incredible fire power on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, the defense, they their pass rush was great last year, in the, especially in the postseason. And they were, what, the second youngest team in the NFL coming back getting better. Um, I, I think going Steelers here is contrarian. I, I just think the Bengals, they think, and Joe Burrow thinks it, and they all take cues from him. You know, they think they're the best team in the NFL right now. They're, they're coming in here to kill the Steelers. I don't like the Steelers much at all. I didn't really like them last year. 
They're very one-dimensional on offense. Trubisky is Trubisky. You know, what, what are you going to – you think the Bengal D can't force him into mistakes? I, I like the Bengals over the Steelers here. But not – again, not enough to bet it. But the Bengals, to me, are, you know, if you believe in regression policy, then maybe. But why would they regress? They're a young team coming back. Like, they brought back everyone to have a better offensive line. So, I, I like the Bengals on the whole this year more than most people do. A lot of people think they were a fluke last year. I don't. Does the uh, Super Bowl hangover effect have any concern on the Alex? With, with if, that, it wasn't uh, a, if it wasn't a division game, but, like, the Bengals hate the Steelers. The Steelers have tormented this franchise for a decade. Like, like you know, if the Giants play the Cowboys or Eagles week one, you're not going to get any type of hangover or letdown or lack of prep going into this game. No, I, I, like, the, I like the Bengals to show up here and show out. And, you know, and another thing, and Joe Burrow said this at a presser. He said, why are we a one o'clock Sunday game? And that bothered him. And that's mm. the kind of swagger that team has. And you love hearing it. And it's like they still think that they're being ignored by the NFL after being in the Super Bowl. And, again, they, they had that game won at certain points. And, um, yeah, I like, I like Cincinnati. On the whole, this year, again, like, I don't think it's automatic. They just don't repeat as AFC North champs this year. I think Bengals are going to be tough. Okay. All right, fair enough. So no official uh, wager on this game. No official but... wager, so I don't have enough conviction for that. But I do just, like Cincinnati. Just Alina Cincy. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm, my question is, why is this sitting at six and a half across the board? Why isn't this even touched seven? Right? Maybe we do see seven on Sunday. But it's kind of, I don't know, just kind of scares me as to why this isn't getting to seven, right? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh historically, though, is a team that gets a lot of public money. They're a team that has made people a lot of money in the last 20 years. I think, you know, everyone respects the Steelers and what they are and what they do. So, like you know, even though Steelers on paper might be a very, very bad team this year, no one's going to expect that so they see it because like Campbell said the guy's never even been under 500 yeah well speaking of uh seven we can go to the next game and there are pretty much sevens across the board where you have the San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears uh some moving parts obviously with both these teams um Chicago brings in Matt Eberflus former linebackers coach of the Cowboys good coach good defensive minded coach uh and then you have you know some good Promise from Justin Fields in the preseason. He played pretty well, but we don't know if that's going to carry over to the regular season. Uh, Chicago's still slated to be maybe bottom five, top, you know, bottom five team in the NFL this year, but uh, I guess that remains to be seen. And then you have uh, San Francisco, obviously, uh, handing the reins over to Trey Lance with uh, them bringing back Jimmy G as a backup, which I'm not sure how that's going to affect uh, Lance's mindset. That kind of is enough to scare me away from this game just because I don't know what I'm getting from Trey Lance. He doesn't deserve to be a seven-point road favorite, in my opinion. Uh, so it's enough to keep me away. And then when you have the uh, news today that comes out that uh, George Kittle injured his groin in practice and they don't even know if he's going to be playing this week, uh, that's enough for me to not lay seven with the Niners here. Uh, and I can't take a team like Chicago where I know – the Niners have advantages in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. So easy pass for me. Uh, do you guys have any uh, wagers on this game? I do not. I do. Oh, boy. Woo, number three for Kennedy. I know, I know where he's going because I saw his teaser. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see a common theme with my picks this year. And I'm going with the philosophy that bad teams are bad. 
So I am taking San Francisco minus seven against Chicago. Chicago Justin Fields, I think, is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Oh, <laughs> in the, in the entire league, league? Have, you, have you seen Seattle, bro? I <laughs> Stand by my comments. Yeah, like you see the guy who plays for the Giants. Oh, I mean, come on! Did, <laughs> did Justin Fields end Eli Manning's streak of consecutive games played? Yeah, fair, no. Fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, San Francisco's got a stud defense, and just the uh, Chicago Bears have no offense. David Montgomery. Not a good run. <laughs> Darnell Mooney. Oh, he's like, he's taking personal shots. Darnell <laughs> Mooney. He's, he's, like David, a, he's like David Montgomery, horrible person. Yeah, he's like Darnell Mooney, ugly girlfriend. <laughs> Darnell, no, Darnell Mooney, may, may, maybe a fourth best receiver on most teams. Oh, and he's a number one on Chicago. Like is. that offense is going to struggle me, to put up. Come points. on, give me some Cole Komet slander here, Camby. I hate <laughs> as the starting quarterback in the Niners, but that defense is going to cover that spread by itself. Okay. So give oh. me San Francisco minus seven. Yeah, can be laying a lot of road points this week. I think total yes, so is. far, Camby's laying twenty in three games. Yeah, he's nineteen and kinda, a half. He's kind of turned yeah. into. Uh, he might be the double digit Delvecchio this season. We'll find out. Oh, I guess. Chad, no, you got You got to wait till week seven for that fun. Okay, then he's gonna look to the whoever the Giants are playing. I guess. Um, <laughs> so, um, Alex, do you have any thoughts on this game before we move on to uh, Philly at Detroit? A definite lean of San Francisco. It's just again, it, it's week one. Chicago is a wonderful football town. They have a good home field advantage. Like if San Fran wins it by six in the fourth quarter, I wouldn't be that surprised by it. Um, you know, the bear defense does tend to turn people over once in a blue moon and Trey Lance might be awful. That's the reason the spread isn't 11, right? Right. And right. We haven't seen Trey Lance do anything. I think they're starting the inferior quarterback. I have no clue what they're oh, doing. 100% they yeah. are. Yeah, so like, I don't understand why they don't value a guy who got to the NFC title game. It's yep. bonkers to me. And I think that's why the spread's not 11, so that might be good value there for what Camby's doing. But right. I just don't have the, I just don't have a side where there's other games I like more. I'm with for you. Me, for me, though, Trey Lance could be 31 best, and a best starting quarterback in the <laughs> <laughs> He's going he's against a, 32. Yeah. He's he's boomer brust. He, he might be good. We don't know. You know, he could end up being really, really good. We just we just don't know. That's what keeps me away. There's too much variance there. I don't, I don't know what we're gonna get out of him. So, uh, let's go to Philly and Detroit. Do you guys have any bets on the? I have my game? best bet. I have my best bet of this Ooh, game. My okay. two unit. I think I know where you're going. But go ahead. Uh, I am going with Philadelphia in this I game. I knew Lane it. Laying four. This spread to me is too low. The Lions are a very bad team. They were a very bad team last year. They're bringing back a very bad quarterback and a bad roster this year. The Eagles last year, although I didn't love them, they've only made that roster better. Sounds like they got a home run in their first round pick with that big time nose tackle. Sounds like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are doing really good things on the defense. They just traded for a number two corner. They got Bradbury on top of that. They have Slay. So they have a very nice defense. Um, I have no clue why this is only four. I guess it's the Jalen Hurts factor. But I love this game for – I like Philly on the whole this season, and I don't like Detroit on the whole this season. So 
this lines up two of them and it's only a four point lead. And I don't see how this game, I don't see how Philly wins this game by a field goal, which would make you lose it. I just don't see it. Like I can't physically see it in my head. So I'm going Philly in a big time, big time game this week. Best bet of the week. Okay. All right, Campbell, what do you think? Um, I don't bet on this one. Uh, I do think it's going to be a much improved team this year, but I also think Philly is possibly going to be an improved team this year. And I think Philly has too much talent um, for Detroit. I agree that the line, the line to me is too low at four points. So I would, I would definitely lean Philly on this one. I do not have a play on it though. Yeah, I'm with you. Jalen Hurts effect for sure. Go ahead, Alex. Well, you know, another thing was like, if this was week 18 of last year, I feel like the spread would be Eagles laying eight. And in the off season, I feel like the Eagles have made more improvements than the Lions have. You know, this is just a, so why is it a week four? one special here. Yeah, yeah like it, why is this four? It opened at four, it stayed at four. Maybe it's hard knocks. Maybe it's that's the what Lions. I was thinking. The Lions were a good underdog play last year, certainly. Um, they, so I know they were that, but I don't see it in this game. The Lions were really good ATS as underdogs yeah. specifically. So I think they had a few blowout losses. But other than that, they, they were they had a winning record ATS. So that's probably what it Lions is. Were the, Lions were that one team last year that I just lost every week on. When yeah, I would bet right. on them, it'd be weeks they suck. When I would bet against them, it'd be the weeks that they would put up a good fight. So yeah, I do not uh, – they're one team I, I – and it's going to stay away from until I kind of get a good feel on them. No, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, no, no wager on this game for me either. I lean Eagles, but, uh, yeah, I really just don't have any feel in this game at all. Jalen Hurts effect, uh, you know, I, I know reports, you know, showed that he had a decent camp, but I, you really don't know what you're getting with him yet. Um, I read a report today that uh, they would not hesitate. When I say they, I mean the Eagles coaching staff wouldn't hesitate to put in Gardner Minshew for Jalen Hurts. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not even going to look at this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That, that's it. Well, let's. I, it's like a wait and see approach with both these teams. You don't know what you're getting from Detroit. You know, with obviously their season win total, I think, shot up to six or six and a half. So they're projecting Detroit to win more games. But they, then you have Eagles, who are now the favorites to win the NFC East. But uh, I don't know what I'm getting with either of the either of these teams yet, so it's an easy pass. Um, all right, so Indianapolis at Houston. Indy, I'm seeing this now at seven, uh, laying seven. There is one seven and a half out there. But uh, this kind of went down from a consensus on all the sports books within the past 24 hours, from eight and a half, eight down to seven, seven and a half. So what are your guys' thoughts on this game? I have a bet on this game. Okay. My bet on this game is Houston going with the dog, something I rarely do. Wow. Yeah, going with Houston a little bit. I plus think this seven. spread's a little bit – plus seven. I think this spread's a little bit too big for me. I hate how last year ended for the Colts. Drives me crazy. I don't think Matt Ryan is really what he used to be anymore. You know, he's up there in age. Um, I like Houston. I think they played pretty hard last year. I know sometimes they got they – got, we're on the wrong side of blowouts, but sometimes that offense looks like fire. Um, you know, early reports out of camp or that, are, you know, at least showing good chemistry and that they're playing hard for the coach and they, they really have all the players love the David Sills decision. I'm going Houston in this game just because it's a big spread at home and 
you know, the Colts losing to the Jaguars final week of the year last year is a huge red flag for any future bets on the Colts. Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, Frank Reich uh, hasn't won a game opening day since he became head coach of the Colts. Uh, that's that's easy enough for me to stay away from this game, even as a teaser leg. I just, I just don't know what I'm going to be getting with Matt Ryan and the Colts. Uh, the Colts definitely have uh, advantages on the offensive and defensive lines, but Houston played some pretty close games last year. They were competitive in a lot of uh, uh, against a lot of playoff teams last year. They they won their home opener as three point underdogs against their Urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, albeit, but still they won. You know the first week of the season last year as home dogs. So um, I could see them playing spoiler here, and I don't know what I'm getting with the Colts. I don't know what I'm getting with Matt Ryan, like you spoke about, Alex. And uh, Davis Mills was uh, pretty underrated last year as a rookie quarterback playing. He got a lot of experience, uh, a lot of repetitions. And I think, uh, you know, with Brandon Cooks coming back healthy, um, Damian Wilson is a running back they really like. Uh, so they have some good young pieces that I think might make them pretty competitive this year, uh, especially in a divisional game. And then, uh, you know, a coach like Lovey Smith who has experience as well. So it's just way too many points. Uh, for them to be uh, getting here at home. So, lean Houston, no official play. Uh, that's it. Campbell. I have a play, and I'm going head-to-head with Alex. I am Ooh, taking I like the Indianapolis Colts minus seven, and that is my best bet of the week. Wow. I like it. I, okay. I like, Indy, I like Indy's offense. I do think they got an upgrade at quarterback. I, I think Matt Ryan is going to – be more consistent, less of a liability. Um, from what I've been hearing, him and Pittman have a nice connection going. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to run up and down the field on that team. And Houston, Houston is going to be one of the worst teams this year again. They're in complete rebuild mode. You just got to go bad teams are bad. So, give me Indianapolis minus seven as my best bet this week. All right, best bet. It is put down here for Campbell. We'll see what happens. Uh, key divisional game early on in the season. Uh, speaking of the uh, upsets from last year, we can go to Jacksonville, who had a big upset against the Colts uh, week 17 last year as they traveled to Washington uh, Commanders, uh, Redskins, whatever you want to call them. I still call them the Redskins. Uh, but uh, that this line opened up at four, got bought down to three and a half pretty quickly. Now it's at two and a half across the board. Washington laying those points. Uh, I do have a bet in this game, and I'm going to make it. Should I? No, I'm going to save my best bet. But I'm going to take Jacksonville. Uh, I guess I'll have to just take the two and a half now. Um, but I did make a bet on this a while ago. Love Jacksonville in this game. I think they're getting upgrades at head coaching position. Uh, you get another offseason for Trevor Lawrence. You're getting him surrounded by a much better coaching staff and definitely better talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, and then Washington, it's an easy fade on them uh, with Carson Wentz uh, and the commanders. And, you know, obviously they have some key injuries also on, on the uh, defensive side of the ball with Chase Young uh, being out for this game. So I think these teams are even. You could say, I think it's safe to say they're pretty even at this point in the season. But uh, if they're that close in talent, give me the points with Jacksonville. And when you combine that with Washington not 
really having any home field advantage at all, uh, it's easy to take those points. Do I love it at two and a half? No, but I love it at three and I love it at four, which is what I bet it at. So give me uh, Jacksonville plus two and a half as my wager. Guys, what do you think? I don't have a play on this, but I do think you are on the right side of this. I think Jacksonville can easily win this game straight up. Um, yeah, obviously, I, I like to get them at three. If, if they do get to three, I would probably put money on that. But um, losing Chase, again, so early, like, guys constantly injured, and that's going to affect uh, Washington's ability to put any sort of pass rush on the field. Um, I think Washington, we talked about Carson Wentz and what kind of liability he is. And I think Jacksonville, you're just going to see improvement out of them this year. They were a young team, a lot of rookies on the field. I think a combination of Lawrence and Etienne is going to work out for them this year. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to surprise some people in some games this year. They, they definitely overpaid for Christian Kirk, but he's definitely an upgrade, you know, from what they had at wide receiver last year. And then um, what's his name? The Trayvon Walker they drafted. I'm hearing really good things out of him with his uh, camp this year. So I just think uh, you could argue that Washington downgraded at the quarterback position from Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz. How much of a drop-off is there? Some would argue that maybe, maybe Heineke is even better than Wentz based on Wentz's value at this point in his career. So it's uh, easy to just take Jacksonville there. Uh, Alex, what do you think? You know, tough to bet Jacksonville. They have a hard – it's a bad roster. Um, You know, it's still one of the worst rosters in the league. Um, You know, Lawrence last year, you you feel for him. You know, he played – he threw – he had 660 pass attempts, I think I saw. So he went out on his back in all those games, which you got to respect, but he only had, what, 12 touchdowns to 18 intercepts or something. So – it's still a bad roster. Christian Kirk, I mean, what are we doing? Evan Ingram, what are we doing? Like, hands about, He's going to cause more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, <laughs> so it's just hard to bet on Jacksonville. If Washington's whole team was playing, I would actually lean their side of this. Like, I feel like Washington's like in more like the fourth tier of teams in the NFL, while Jacksonville's like in that like worst teams in the league category. But, uh, no bet either way. You know, nothing. I mean, Chase Young, I mean, it's crazy. The Giants got killed for playing hard to beat the, uh, Washington back then. And the Giants woke up with Andrew Thomas at pick four, and now Chase Young never plays. So I'd say, you know, that's why you play hard. You never know. Mm, for sure. Okay. So let's go to Kansas City at Arizona. Really uh, interesting, intriguing week one matchup. You got to think be it's going to be a great game. Yeah, you got to think high scoring, right? When you think of Kyler Murray and Pat Mahomes, all that offensive firepower. Albeit, you're not having Tyreek Hill out there. You don't have DeAndre Hopkins out there. But uh, something tells me that there's going to be a bunch of points scored in this game. Uh, recently, this line, you know, it opened at three and it sat at four, four and a half for a while. But the past few days, it shot up to six. So now, uh, you know, maybe you see some buyback on Arizona now that it's at a key number of six. But um, I don't have a wager in this game. Uh, kind of a wait-and-see approach. It easily cancels out for me just because I don't know how Kansas City is going to perform without Tyreek Hill. And then you have Arizona, who typically starts out pretty strong. But uh, I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust them without DeAndre Hopkins. They're a different team without him, uh, even though they traded for Hollywood Brown. 
Uh, so easy pass for me. Uh, yeah, I just don't even – I don't even have a lead in this game. So uh, any of you guys have a play in this game? No. I don't, I don't either. Um, you don't? I definitely have a strong lean on Kansas City. Um, I know Arizona starts strong, but we've, we've seen what Arizona's offense is when DeAndre Hopkins isn't on the field. Yeah. And Kyler Murray struggles when he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins to rely on. Uh, I still don't think James Conner is a strong running back to be able to focus uh, the offense into a rushing offense. So I think Arizona's going to struggle a little bit to put up points. And I know Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, but I still trust Mahomes to be able to put points on the board. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you. Uh, maybe this game is a little bit closer than people think, but it's not enough to to make a wager on this. But let's go to uh, let's go to Vegas at the Chargers. We spoke about this game a little bit earlier. Uh, this is my best bet. I'm laying. There is a three out there. Would you guys give me three? Wow. There are a few threes. Can I? I you... mean, after you, after you skip me for the Kansas City Arizona game, I don't think I'm cutting you any breaks, Chetty. You know? Oh, you didn't talk. Oh, I thought you talked about Jeez. it. Jeez. Oh. I mean, you know, no. No, I, no. Let's go back. I'm let's so go back. hurt here. I'm, no, I'm just. Go I love, yeah, yeah. I lean Kansas City, not betting it. Uh, a lot of the same reasons you guys said. Um, only thing. You know, Kansas City was very slow out of the gate last year. Like, I think they started three and five, didn't they? And that's when I started to really pound them every week. So, you know, are they going to be slow out of the gate again? And then second half, they're great value. If that happens to them again, maybe this is questionable. But, no, nah, I don't really like Arizona. Not much to like about them. So, I would lean Kansas City, but I'm not playing it. All right, on to your bet. Okay. Yeah, best bet, LA Chargers. That's it. Two unit play, and that's it. You're done. <laughs> you think LA Chargers? LA Chargers, minus three. That's it. Simple as that. I have, a, I ha- I have a bet on this game, too. Oh, I, I, and I know which way you're going. You know which way I'm going. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been waiting to fade the Chargers all offseason. There it is. All right, head-to-head. First head-to-head with uh, Alex and I. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm a head-to-head against both of you guys. Okay. All right, so I got against, the... both, against both of our best bets too. I know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> something's got to give. All right, I it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I love I love the Chargers. I, I think uh, it's kind of a square, you know, uh, favorite team this year. But I just love what they did on defense, and they already have offensive firepower. Uh, the division, you could say, got weaker in the off season. I don't like what the Raiders have on the offensive line. The Chiefs took some step backs, obviously with. Tyreek Hill and some uncertainty there. And then Denver, I just think they're over. I think Russell Wilson's overrated at this point in his career. So I just, I think it's the Chargers division to win. I think they're going to make a statement. I think it's a great revenge spot for the Chargers with how they were kicked out of the playoffs last year. Uh, so I think the, the, the Raiders, even though there's going to be no home field for the Chargers, the Raiders are going to walk into a buzzsaw. I think the Chargers blow out the Raiders, honestly. I think it's going to be, I think they're going to win by triple digits. Uh, not not, 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 not <laughs> triple digits. Uh, three scores. <laughs> That'd be a lot. That'd be 143. <laughs> That'd be a lot of points. I, I don't think you can, you can even do that, Madden. Yeah, but I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll, they're gonna win by by three scores. Uh, Chargers minus three all day. Best bet. Let's go. I gave all my thoughts on the Chargers before. They have been hyped for years. All of last year, I bet against the Chargers half half of my weeks. 
I always had a fade against the Chargers, and I feel like I always won, made money on them getting the boot in the final week of the year. I will never go broke betting against the Chargers. I like Vegas. I think they improved. I think of these two teams, which, again, Vegas beat them to get into – that was a playoff game. So it wasn't them playing spoiler. That was both teams winning in. Vegas beat them. I think Vegas made more improvements to their roster this year. I like Vegas in this game. I'm betting it. I'm getting points. So we'll see which way it falls. You, you, you're putting this as a bet, you said? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's my side. Yeah. No, this is one of my five. Let's go. Okay. I love it. I love it. Trash talking on the line. I don't have a play on this game. Uh, I am actually leaning more towards Alex's side. I do think the Raiders I, – I think home, I think the Raiders, quote-unquote, home field is going to play more into this one than I think you guys think. Um, I mean, it's going to be – Pro, it's going to be a heavy Raiders fan base out there. Uh, I do think the Raiders only improved in the offseason. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic Davante has being back with Carr again since college. Um, and Chargers, I think they are going to be an improved playoff team, but I still think they are being completely overrated this year. So. Okay. My lean, right. my lean is Raiders. All right. Another uh, key four o'clock game. We have the, the uh, Green Bay Packers NFC Championship appearance again. It seems like they're doing that every year. Uh, at the Minnesota Vikings, obviously uh, the Vikings bring in Kevin O'Connell, uh, Mike Zimmer out, offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach out. Uh, the Packers, uh, been the level of consistency in the NFC from a quarterback and head coaching position. Uh, key divisional matchup here. I mean, the Vikings have given the Packers some uh, close calls over the past year. They beat Green Bay last year in Minnesota in a really exciting game. So um, I do have a play in this game. Do you, either of you guys want to discuss it before I uh, make my play? Uh, you can make your play first because I don't have a play on this one. Okay. Alex? Uh, I have a lean. My, my lean on it would probably be Green Bay, just because I'm one of the few. I love Zimmer, and I think firing him was a mistake. I think he got a lot out of that roster for a lot of years. I am, um, I am against you on that one. Okay, fair enough. And, you know, a lot of people think that uh, – you can go. Sunday's, Sunday's going to be day one of Minnesota's return to the top of the NFC North. Return to the. Here we go. Well then, well then, bet it. I'm betting it. Put your hypothetical money where your mouth is. Yeah. They're not getting enough points. This this game for me to bet it. But Campbell wants Minnesota. Minnesota is going to win that game outright. Minnesota plus two all day, baby. Let's go. I like. Should have made this my best I'm, bet. Yeah. I'm with you. I think the Vikings. I think the Vikings. Might make the NFC title game this year. I don't know, Chet. Consensus here says one and a half, and there's only one two out of something called South Point. <laughs> I think it's got to be one and a half, Chet. I love that, you know, you have an offensive-minded coach, and you he have all it. these... <laughs> <laughs> you have all these good players on offense. You have Justin Jefferson, who is a top-five wide receiver for sure. Dalvin Cook, top-five running back. 
Kirk Cousins, he's been very efficient. He's come up short in some big game situations, but I think he needed a system change. Whatever they were doing with Zimmer was not working. You bring in a guy like Kevin O'Connell, who was very uh, successful with the Rams. He kind of revived Matthew Stafford's career. Obviously, they won a Super Bowl with him. So I think this is a great situation for the Vikings, especially when you have – yeah, go ahead. You're fine with Kirk Cousins. It's not a primetime game. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If it was Sunday night, then it's an easy pass. But uh, I, I think this is a great spot for the Vikings to kind of make a statement in the division. Uh, there's a reason why Green Bay has only been a slight favorite here. I think there's a reason why it's it's never gotten three. I think Minnesota is a great teaser leg. I might as well just throw my teaser in now because uh, we talked about both the games. Uh, I'm going to tease the Rams up uh, from two and a half to eight and a half. <clears throat> And then I'm going to tease the Vikings up from one and a half to seven and a half. So that'd be the six point teaser. Okay. All right. Why don't you? Why didn't? Why don't you like Mike Zimmer, Candy? But I do like Mike Zimmer. I. You do. Oh, you just disagree with the side as a D coordinator. No, I like Mike Zimmer as Vikings head coach. I think it was the biggest mistake to get rid of him. I agree. Um, But I still think. The team is good enough to win the division this year, and I think, I think Green Bay is going to take a step back. I think the game against San Francisco last year was very telling in Aaron Rodgers' ability to control that offense uh, when Devonte Adams is not a uh, weapon at his disposal. I mean, you saw that game; he had one reception to a receiver the whole the whole game. Um. And who are his go-to wide receivers now? Uh, I would, I would, I would, I would not compare the Viking defense to San Fran, though. I mean, roster-wise, the Vikings are lacking. But I, I also think Green Bay's offense took a step backwards this year too. Yeah. So yeah. you might have, See, yeah, this, you might have some growing pains early in the season without Devontae yeah. Adams. You know, it's going to be an adjustment. This, this game to me is strange because again, and there's a lot of it, whether it's um. Since you what I mentioned with with the Raiders, where like, you know, an NFC title game loss is still putting you in one of the four best teams in the league. Um, that game was a very strange game, and you know the Packer defense is still very good, and they have the best player of either team in Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, the idea that Minnesota is going to go from a team that I think picked ninth in the NFL last year, eighth or ninth, to a team that's just going to beat a team that was favored to win the Super Bowl probably on Christmas Day last year. I think it, I think it's too early. But just my thoughts. Okay, so no uh, play for you guys, just me alone with uh, Minnesota? Yep. Yes. Okay. Do you think the Vikings have a legit shot to win the Super Bowl this year? No. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, no. Super Bowl? NFC title game appearance. No. Why? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I didn't know they were this how to pick. I mean, I guess they were his fantasy. They they had a lot of guys taken today, but I just don't know. Uh, like, why are they I mean, supposed – they're the one of the two best teams in that conference now in a conference with the with the Rams and the Packers and the Bucks and they, uh, I think they're gonna the two NFC East teams? I think they're going to finish above the Packers, yes. Oh, okay. Rams are going to be a th- NFC. And then – the Bucks. I mean, who who would you put as third? Eagles? Like, I could see the Vikings being better than the Eagles. 
So if I think the Vikings are, if I think the Vikings are better than, no, I not with Trey Lance. If I think the Vikings are better than the Packers, and I think the Vikings are better than the Eagles, then yeah, it, it could be a three out of three teams. I would take odds that they could be in the NFC title game. Vikings, good good offensive line, good pass rush, good skill position players. Uh, head coach still to be determined. Good quarterback. They they're going to be in the running for sure. I mean, they were I mean, a game or two they, away from winning the playoffs last, making the playoffs last year. I, and I think they led the league in one score games last year, and they're they on the wrong side of most of them. So, exactly. like you're not you're not going to see that happen again this year. That's a really good point. Really good point. Yeah, I'm very high on the Vikings this year. Um, well, from a team being high on to a team that Mr. Alex Dalvecchio is not very high on this year, his his own uh, New York football Beloved. giants. Beloved yeah. New York football giants. Beloved. New York giants uh, on the road at Tennessee. I have, a, I have a feeling we're seeing Alex's fifth pick here. You will not so see my fifth pick. On you will not. You hey, will not. My fifth talking. pick is the Monday night game. I'll spoil it for you now. Okay. Uh, I certainly have a lead on this game, though. Trust me. Giants and Titans. Um, seeing a few sixes out there still, but pretty much six or five and a half. Um, Giants and Tennessee. Before I talk about it, do you guys have any thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah. I uh, almost pulled the trigger on this game. Going which way? With the New York Giants. Oh. Wow. I think... I think uh, Tennessee is going to be a little hurting this year. I mean, you lost your main receiver in A.J. Brown. Now you lost your best pass rusher for the season. So, I mean, that's two of your top players on both sides of the ball that you're going to be without this season. Um, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. I think they're going to take a step back. Um and I think that Giants could keep this game within a field goal. Like, I think five – what is it, four and a half, five? What's the line yeah. on that one? Uh, yeah. it's so six, think, six or five and a half. Six? Yeah. Five yeah, and so a half I, is the consensus. I, I, think, I think that's going to be a little too much uh, for this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a field goal game. So, uh, I would go Giants, but it's just a lean on my end right now. Giants are going to win this game. Right. They're going to win this game. Money line. It is my fourth uh, bet of week one. Give me the Giants plus six. I don't even need the points. Jeez. They're going to, they're going to win this game. Uh, it's, it's a combination of the Giants getting uh, a lot of players back from injury last year and a big-time fade on the Titans. I mean, you could argue that the Titans were probably one of the worst number one seeds the AFC has seen in some time. Um, they did have some good wins last year, but it, they were exposed in the playoffs with a bad quarterback and a head coach that's maybe a tad overrated. Uh, I'm not a big Vrabel fan, but um, Ryan Tannehill, I feel like he might be feeling the heat a little bit this year with Malik Willis behind him. Um, I don't think Tannehill is the kind of quarterback that does well under pressure. And then when you combine that with Made the, the uh, downgrades that the Titans had on the offensive line this offseason. I think that they're in for a rough season. I mean, I'm still surprised that their season win total is a nine. Uh, give me the under all day on that. But um, 
Yeah, give me the Giants. I like that they're getting Barkley back healthy. Daniel Jones gets a full offseason with the competent coaching staff, uh, not named uh, Joe Judge or Jason Garrett. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and uh, defense is still questionable, but they had some good games last year. I think that they'll do enough to be competitive. And then obviously with the uh, solid draft that the Giants had on the offensive line and the defensive line too with uh, uh, Thibodeau. Uh, not having a season-ending injury. So I'm not sure if he's going to be good to go, but he's definitely going to give him a boost when he gets on the field. So uh, Giants plus six, yeah. I agree with Marcia. I don't I don't think they're going to hit under nine wins. I still think they have four, four guaranteed wins and two against Houston, two against Jacksonville. So I think they could find five more wins on that schedule to get to nine. They might. They might. Will it be enough to win the division? That's the – you're, you're high in the Colts, Campbell, so I'm assuming you think the Colts are going to win the division? I do. Yeah. But I give a counter on the Giants. Uh, you the, very the well Titan, can. Here the, we Titans go. Ha- the Titans have probably, you know, a top six, seven defense in the league. I know they're going to miss their big pass, so I'm sure it's will hurt them. But any defense with a pulse is going to obliterate the Giants' offense. You have Danny, Danny Nichols. Who stinks? Who I bet against every time last year and won every single time against him. Um, you know, the only way I could see the Giants even being competitive is if they could turn Tannehill over. And you know, they lost My James Bradbury. They, um, you know, Kayvon's probably not going to play. Ojolari hasn't played most of training camp. I can see the Giants being better. You know, mid October through November, but you know, new staff, new system. Sounds like Galladay's not really fitting in in the system at all. And, you know, they have no tight end whatsoever. Um, Evan Neal, it's, it, you hear that, oh, he's showing that he's going to be very good, but there are certain parts of his game, you know, he's a rookie right tackle. He's going to do something bad that's going to hurt us at some point. Um, left guard's a total disaster. You know, Shane Lemieux got hurt. Nick Gates didn't come back. Is another spot on our team that's going to be a practice squad type guy, which I feel like we've been doing for 10 years now. Um, yeah, hard to see it. Like the, the Titan defense is more than capable of just taking this game over. Wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the Giants go a quarter without getting a first down. They do that a lot. You know, it's like they haven't gotten a first down in an hour and a half. It'd be <laughs> another one of those. Um I could see the Giants being a better play if I want to be an optimistic Giant fan post-November 1st. Hopefully when Taylor's the quarterback and hopefully the D-line's doing better and Neil progresses. But week one, you know, they're still in a bad spot. They, they improved, but they didn't do anything through free agency. But losing Bradbury stinks because now Adoree Jackson's got to cover the number one guy. And you know, it just puts Who's the number one guy, though? Who's Tennessee's number one guy? Traylon Burks? That's a good point. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, um, you know, it's, someone's going to catch those balls. Like, the Titans aren't going to – get 150 yards of offense on Sunday. The giant defense isn't that level of good. So, Robert um, Woods and Traylon Burks don't exactly scare my, my socks off. So there's a way that yeah, the Giants so. can get around this game. It might be a team like Tennessee who's very run-heavy, plays solid defense. Um, I think yeah. the key to this game is going to be the Giants' run defense. If they can stop Derrick Henry, then I think they win the game. Because I think they'll yeah. do it. I think uh, they'll do enough on offense. Obviously, Tennessee is a good defense, but um, I think if they stuff Henry, I think the Giants will do just enough. And if they, they have to win the turnover battle, too. So if they win the turnover battle and they shut down Derrick Henry, I think they're, they're definitely live in this game to win it. 
So, let's we'll see. Hope so. Hope you're right. Nothing would make me happier than at 7.45 p.m. Sunday having a giant victory. But I don't think I felt good about the Giants at 7.45 p.m. on a Sunday in about six years. So <laughs> I'll, believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. So, speaking about feeling good on a Sunday, it's been a while uh, for me as well. We can go to the Sunday night game. And, uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Tampa at Dallas. Um, Two teams limping in perception-wise, huh? I mean, that's what's weird about this game to me. It feels like all the shine's off Tom Brady because I guess he took a week off of training camp and came back looking like, you know, whatever surgery he had. (laughs) Didn't look great. Yeah, too many Botox, brother. But, like, whatever that was going on, the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones had that really weird radio interview two days ago where – he was like, if you want us to be good, you got to believe. What did he say? If you want us to be good, you have to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 30 or something. He said something crazy where it sounds like he's not very confident in the roster that the Cowboys have. So He's nuts. You know, this, this is a Sunday night 820 game. It's two premier franchises. You know, Cowboys were really good last year. The Bucks obviously were really good last year. I think – they're, both of these teams kind of fall into the same mix of, like, maybe their over-under is too high. So people think, oh, they just – like, they're not going to be good. But I think that's that's a bridge too far for both of these teams. Like, I still like the Cowboys to win the East, and I like the Bucks to win the South. Um, so it's a division – you know, but what's the perception of both teams going into this game is so low. Like, that's what's funny about this, isn't it? Like, no one thinks either of these two teams is poised to win a Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe if you ask 100 people if Tampa can make it back to the Super Bowl, maybe you get a 50-50 shot, which I guess would be low, you know, being that they have Tom Brady. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I could see that. And Dallas definitely, you know, um, took a step back this offseason. The Smith injuries are killing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you know what? Like, Ty, Tyron Smith has not been Tyron Smith for the past five years. He hasn't started a full yeah. season since 2015. And honestly, when he was on the field, he wasn't dominant like he had been earlier in his career. He's only, I think he's 31, but he's an old 31 because he came into the league at 20. Uh, yeah. So he has a lot of wear and tear. He, he's done after this year. They're going to release him after this year. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing elite when he was on the field. So the question is, how much of a drop off is it from Tyron Smith to Tyler Smith? Because I know they signed Jason Peters, but Peters is not going to play for at least the first two weeks of the season. So now you have Tyler Smith, a rookie, coming in at left tackle, going up against premier pass rushers, who he's never gone up against in the NFL, when he was playing and practicing at left guard for the entire mini camps and training camp. So that right there is enough for me to stay away from a side in this game because then you have a huge defense uh, excuse me you have a huge advantage in my opinion on the Dallas defense going up against Tampa's offensive line with all the injuries that Tampa's had on the offensive line and Dallas got sneaky good on the defensive line this offseason they made some good moves and they've really shown a lot of promise with a lot of young players on the, at the defensive tackle position and um I think there's a big matchup advantage for the Cowboys there. So I, I had a big bet on the under in this game a while back. Um, I don't have a feel on the side. If I had to pick a side, I would lean to the Cowboys just because of the value as them as home dog. But when you look at Tom Brady, undefeated against the Cowboys his, his entire career, I don't know how much that means. It's only six games, small sample size over a you know a 20-plus year career. But 
Uh, it's enough to keep me away. Maybe Dallas at a teaser, but I can't take Tampa either with all the you know issues they've had on and off the field. I don't know where Brady's head's at. I don't like the vibe of the Bucks right now as a team uh, with them not having Gronk. You know, uh, Godwin, I think he had a full practice today, so Godwin might play, but we don't know how effective he's going to be. Mike Evans is at a hamstring injury. Gronkowski retired. Offensive line injuries. Easy pass, but I lean Cowboys. Campbell, what do you got? I don't have a lean really one way or the other in this game, but I do have a hot take for you. You yeah. were talking earlier on, on the pod about you could see Matt Rule being the first head fired. I'm going to throw out Mike McCarthy as the head, first head coach fired. I mean, Dallas, it's they're pretty set on making a play at Sean Payton at season's end. So what's to stop them from just letting McCarthy go early in the season? You got Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn as your coordinators that you bump one of those two up to interim. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see McCarthy be in the running for a first head coach fired this season. I hear what you're saying. I, I don't see it happening just based on Jerry Jones's uh, track record. He's only fired two head coaches in season, and he regretted firing both of them in season, Chan Gailey and Wade Phillips. And he's pretty, he pretty much said after he fired Wade that he would never fire a coach in season again. And I, they've given McCarthy a raw deal this offseason. I mean, they, they did not exactly load him up for his, you know, his contract year, as you could say, even though he has more years left on his deal. Like, this is a make-or-break year for him. We could, we could all agree with that. So the fact that they had such a bad offseason that, that they did for him, I don't think Jerry would have the guts to fire him in season. Now, after the season, I think he loves Dan Quinn, and I think Quinn would be the guy that would – that would uh, be the heir apparent to McCarthy. I don't think Jerry wants to trade two first-round picks at this point in his life. You know, for Sean Payton, when he – who knows how much longer he's going to be around. So I think if McCarthy's gone after this year and for him to be gone, they would have to get past the divisional game for him to stay. And I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, so I think McCarthy's gone after the season. I still like the rule – because I just don't see Jerry Farron a coaching season. So I would I see what you're saying, but just with the raw deal they give McCarthy, I think they'll still let him finish out the year. Because you got him, the Cowboys are not going to be out of it by midseason. Their, their schedule right. schedule is, you know, top five in terms of easy opponents. So um, Yeah, I mean, that division is a two-man, a two-team race. Like, it, yeah. They, they, they should complete the job. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, Cowboys are going to be in it to, to the end. Yeah. Yeah. If the Cowboys' schedule wasn't so easy, I mean, um, then I would, you know, I still don't think they would even fire McCarthy, even if they start 0 and 8. Uh, well, maybe then, but they're, they're not going to get to that point. I think they'll let him finish out the year and then they'll probably promote Dan Quinn to head coach based on his relationship with the. Uh, Micah Parsons. So, any other thoughts on this Sunday night thriller? That I think I, I, this is going to be like an ugly game. I think it's going to be both teams kind of come in with a lot of question marks. I see this game being you know a weird game where both teams have like four turnovers, and you look at the end of the game, it's like how is it seventeen to sixteen right now? Something like that, you know? Like it's just a weird one of those weird Sunday night games. I don't know. Any thoughts? I think it'll though goes. I would like Cowboys to 
to win this game if, you know, you see early first quarter that Parsons is getting home and they're getting a good edge rush because we know what happens to Brady when you get an edge rush with rushing four. Um, if the Bucks can block him, Bobby Lean Bucks, I think it'll all be on the pass rush of Dallas to win this game. I think that's the key. And that's the thing. If you look at those two Super Bowl victories that the Giants had over Brady, what was the pattern in both those games? They got interior defensive line pressure. And the Cowboys can do that. And when you combine that with the injuries that the Bucks have on the offensive line interiorly, um, I think that's where the game's probably going to be won. But the question is, do they force turnovers? Do they make a few uh, plays on special teams? You know what, uh, Kamonte Turpin maybe takes one to the house, something like that. They're going to need a, a couple of those plays on special teams and defense because I don't think that Dallas offense has enough firepower against the Tampa Bay defense because Tampa Bay's defense is still pretty strong. So I think this game is going to either be won on defense with turnovers or the team that makes more plays on special teams. So we shall see. But uh, no official uh, wagers on this game for you guys? No. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, we know there's going to be a wager in this last game because we're going to go to Monday Night Football, uh, another revenge game factor, as you could uh, see with Russell Wilson heading back to Seattle. Uh, Denver at Seattle. Denver's consensus six-and-a-half-point favorites. There's one six out there at Circa. Uh, Alex, we're going to go to you first because we know that you have a wager on this game. So let us have it. Going Denver. Lighting the points here. I knew it. Um, look, Seattle's a horrible team. Seattle's going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They were last year. They were propped up by having a quarterback with half a clue. You take that quarterback with half a clue out, I think they're going to be dreadful. I don't see really any silver lining with the Seahawks. I don't see a path to contention for them at all. I just don't see it. Bad roster. Um, Denver, I think, big picture-wise, I think they're – a little on the overrated side, but not this game. You know Russell Wilson's going to come out playing hard. You know he's not going to give a damn about playing in Seattle Stadium. That's his home. So I, I like Denver a lot uh, in that game. And I think after week one, since that's the last impression you get, Denver will probably be overvalued in week two, at which point I'll bet against them. But I like them right now to obliterate the Seattle in this game. And I think fading Seattle is going to make you more money than not most weeks. Okay. I'm with you. That's that is my fifth play. Also, I'm taking Denver minus six and a half. Um, as you said, um, it's not going to be a hostile crowd towards Russell Wilson. Like they yeah. still love him up there. It, it's going to be comfortable for him. Denver's got the talent on both sides of the ball over Seattle. Seattle's going to be competing for the number one draft pick next year. So, to have this line under a touchdown, um, I think you take Denver all day in this one. Um, I mean, I also am putting this one. I'll go into my teaser. Um, right, you have a lot of you have a lot of lines this week that are right around a touchdown mark of teams that I think are going to be good teams, good playoff teams against some of the worst teams in the league. Um, Denver being one of them against Seattle. So I'm going to take Denver down from six and a half to minus half a point. And uh, Indianapolis also, I'm going to take them down from minus seven down to minus one. Um, 
basically two teams that should win the game. All I need them to do is win the game, and I'll win that teaser. So my six-point teaser, Indy minus one, Denver minus a half point. Okay, there it is. Uh, Alex, while we're talking about our teasers, why don't you give us our teaser for week one? Uh, my teaser is going Cleveland. Gets that from plus, uh, was it one and a half to plus seven and a half? I mm-hmm. think that's pretty important. Then my second one will be Houston. So I'm going to go from plus seven to about plus 13. Um, you know, all the reasons I said before, like Houston to keep that one relatively close. And, um, you know, two touchdowns. You know, Colts aren't even designed to blow you out anyway. So I, I like Houston and Cleveland for my teaser. Okay. Uh, just quick thoughts on, uh, I guess, Denver and Seattle. Yeah, no, no wager on this game. No real, no real feel to it. If it got to seven, maybe I would look to Seattle. I just look at Seattle, horrible football team. I definitely agree they're going to be bottom five, possibly first pick in the draft next year. But I look at uh, like effort in a situation like this going up against Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football, Week One. If you're looking at effort. This is probably where you get a maximal effort from the Seahawks, you know, and then after that you fade them. But it's not enough. They're just too bad of a team to to uh, put money on. So, uh, like you said, Denver's probably a little bit overrated, so it's an easy pass. So, Denver probably wins the game, so I think he's probably probably wins. But Seattle might – maybe they backdoor it. I don't know. I, I could see it happening. Denver doesn't exactly blow teams out either. So, um, easy pass, but I see where Campbell's coming from with the teaser. Okay. Uh, so we can go to week two if you want, and we could talk about any games that jump out to you there in terms of look ahead lines. Uh, the Westgate already has them up, so does uh, Caesars and DraftKings, books like that. Uh, do you guys have the uh, the lines out in front of you? Uh, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Hold on, yeah, Candy, you have it up. Um, week two. yeah, I got it. Ooh, juicy Thursday night game in week two. Yeah, Chargers in Kansas City. And Kansas juicy. City only laying three with the with that great home field advantage. Only a three-point home favorite. <laughs> Look what that Amazon money does, man. All of a sudden, the Thursday games are going to be fire because yep. Amazon got it now. So you feel exactly. bad for ESPN on Mondays. Oh, they have, there are two Monday night games. That's weird. wonder why. There's two Monday night games week two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee, Buffalo, Minnesota, Philly. Two good ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Those two games jump out to me. Um, obviously, a lot is based on what happens week one, but when I look at week two, it's like overreaction central. So I think that's where you can get some really good value where teams that you think might suck or might be really good, you kind of go the other way and you could maybe get some value with, with the spread. But I, um, can, I can give you a game I love already. What's up? Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite <laughs> you over Cincy. Dude, I might – is a dog? I might take out – Let's let me put it this way. If the Steelers <laughs> beat the Bengals outright, or yeah. even if the Steelers cover that game, keep it close, and the Cowboys yeah. beat the Bucks, oh, I, yeah. I will put $200,000 on the Bengals' money line. <laughs> Okay, that is a lock of the century. I don't like to I say the L word, but it is it. a lock that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win that game. I guarantee you the Cowboys will yeah. blow their load over the Bucks, and it will come yeah. out laid an egg against the Bengals. 
You know what Jamar Chase is going to do to uh, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs and put him on oh. skates. Oh. He's going to be – he will not make the Pro Bowl next year just based on that game. Guarantee you. I, I, got, two, I, got, two, I got two lines I like. What do you like? Uh, I think Indianapolis is way too low. Um, at only minus four and a half against Jacksonville. Loves the Colts, this guy. Look at that. He's a Colts lover this year. Big Colts. Right. And, and uh, we were just talking about this earlier. We got the week two matchup, Vikings against the Eagles, and I think the Vikings are the better team and they're a two and a half point dog. Okay. So I am liking to take the Vikings getting points against the Eagles. Primetime Kirk Cousins. Monday night, you're right. <laughs> but I have faith in them. Now <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, you have me doubting myself. <laughs> I'll tell you what's interesting is there's a, an 11 day break for Buffalo. They play Thursday night and then they go all the way to the following Monday. Long right. layoff for week one. I could love Buffalo if, in the teaser next week. Yeah, I was going to say, if Buffalo loses yeah. to the Rams, I would love Buffalo against Tennessee. And the, even if Tennessee, yeah, especially if Tennessee blows out the Giants, then I would love Buffalo in the teaser there, for sure. What do you mean, what do you mean if Tennessee blows out? Of course they're going to blow out. Even if it's close, you know. Well, if they cover, uh, I would. if Tennessee covers against the Giants and the Bills lose to the Rams, mm-hmm. I would definitely like the Bills next week. So... Mm-hmm. But, hey, this is uh, an exciting time of year. I'm sure we're going to see one or two big upsets week one. They always happen. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go against our, our picks for this week. But uh, we're going to be with you each and every week, uh, tracking our, our picks and our records throughout the year. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time. And if you guys don't have any other uh, thoughts, we will uh, we will see you guys next week. We're going to record every Wednesday, and then every uh, pod is going to be posted by Saturday at the latest. We are back, guys. Football season is back. Yes, we are. Enjoy it, everyone. Yeah, I hope that guy in Sweden saved up some money because get ready to spend it again, okay? (laughs) Enjoy, everybody. It's going to be a good one. We're going to win some money this year. I think so, too. We'll see you guys next week.